episode 167, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 4, episode 5, Lockup. Although, I call it Lockout throughout pretty much the entire episode. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. This is a show about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is episode 5 of season 4, Lockout. And we are going to get some Ghost Rider action. We're going to get some Coulson and the team acting like a team. And we are, again, expanding our team here as we have another uh, guest host for this episode. And that is Agent John Wilkerson. I also have Agent Lestew, who is going to talk about some news, and we are also going to do a post-credit together where we are going to talk about a new release, an animated film. We'll get into it, but for now, I think it's just time for us to jump into the episode, starting with our intelligence report. Shield intelligence report. All right, so I'm here with Agent Lestu from the UP. Hey. And, and he's here to talk about MCU and Marvel screen news. I think that in some ways, some of what we're going to talk today about, no, not in some ways, in plenty of ways, some of what we're going to talk about is not MCU di- directly, but it's MCU related. It's MCU related. So. Agent Stu, we've got kind of three categories to get into as far as when you and I were talking about things ahead of time. So let's go with category one, uh, which is... Uh, Cubs playing the World Series. Oh, wait. No, no that's I'm not Daniel. Daniel's news. Sorry. That's Sorry. Daniel's news. And um, boy, I can't wait to see how all that ends up because, well, I just have to figure out which way I'm going to tease him if they win. <laughs> If they win, how do I tease him? And if they lose, how do I tease him? So, if, To be fair, if they win, I, maybe not tease him so much. If they win? <laughs> if they win. Because the Cubs, it's the Cubs. I, it's the Cubs. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that's not what we're talking about. No, so it's not. That's... It's not. You just, you just dated the podcast, man. Of course, yeah, just the very cause... nature of the podcast dates itself. Yeah. Since it's... About a show that's on yeah. TV currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So no. where do you want to go first? Section one, the trailers. Okay. Trailers. Well, we had teasers and trailers. Teasers and trailers. Yeah. So what's there's really not that much of a difference anymore. It used to be that like the teaser was like two seconds long and then we're done. But now it's you know, the teaser gives away so much, but well, the, not the, the, the teaser <laughs> the teaser used to just say Here's the title, mm-hmm. and here's mm-hmm. maybe a couple screens of words saying it's coming, you know? <laughs> and, right. And that's basically what we got. So let's go with the teaser first, then. Okay. So the, the, the first teaser is the big one. It's, it's the one that people, I think, have been waiting for for a long time. The Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Teaser. It's short. Teaser. You know what it shows you? 
it shows you that the characters you liked in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 are in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> Woohoo! Spoiler! And, and the crowd, right. <laughs> and the crowd's all treated. And it, shows and it you. is cool. I mean, I, yeah. I say that, but it is cool to see, and it's fun. But they yeah. use the um, uh, Hooked on a Feeling again. Yeah. Like, I felt like, shouldn't we be going somewhere new with this? You know? No, no. no it, this is no. all about, this is all about, you know, that stuff you liked before? You're going like to like it again. like it again. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to pay me money to see it again. And guess and what? And we all are. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that, that's not, that's not changing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what, so the other two that came out, what do you want to, where do you want to go next? Let's go to Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Yes. Iron Fist. I think this is the one I'm maybe most excited for um, because it's Iron Fist. And I, and like I've said before, um, the whole Netflix defenders is really where I think the, the MCU is really shining right now anyway. Um, and I can't wait to see what they do and how they incorporate it. I can't wait either. And this trailer doesn't show me anything that, um, makes me worried but doesn't show me anything to get me more excited. I mean, I've had this reaction before to trailers where I'll see a trailer. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yep, still excited. You know? And, and so for this nope. one, it's the same thing. Yep. Still excited. Nope. Don't hate it. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> exactly. Keeping my Netflix subscription. Yep. Not, Add to queue. Not going to let go of that anytime soon. Right. Because guess what? I'm excited about that. And you just did not do anything to change my mind. Right. So. Um, the one that I, and I'm glad that we kind of saved this for last, uh, the Logan trailer caught me off guard. Holy cow. What was this thing? This thing what was this. It, I, I feel like it's maybe a little bit of Mad Max. It's maybe a little bit of, of children of earth. It's maybe a little bit of book at Eli. I mean, yeah, at, yeah. Great. Yeah. That's, Oh, those are and really Johnny cash is hurt over that. Oh man. You know what? I'm, get, I'm literally getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it. <laughs> it's um, it is the best trailer I've seen in a long time. I'm still not convinced that the movie is going to be all that great, but this trailer was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and bizarre and weird. And even when you know what you're clicking on to say play, you just wait a minute. What am I watching? What is this movie? Is this the end of the X Men universe? Like it all got fixed. It all got fixed in days of future past. And now but, I but mean, did it? Well, but I, so is this, but did it? well, that's the thing. I mean, right. Days of future past at the end of days of future past, you have Logan walking into the school and Cyclops is still alive. History has been changed. We don't know how exactly, but we're going to find out because we're going to be in the eighties in the next movie. And we're going to be, you know, whoever, wherever they're going to be in the, but this is the next X-Men movie. How does this chronology work? How does, and, and I'm hoping it all fits together nicely. And maybe we are looking at the end of this X-Men cinematic universe, but who knows? Who knows what I, what I really appreciate about this whole Logan thing um, aside from the Ryan Reynolds tweet about the poster, which was fantastic. Um, what I really appreciate about the, this whole Logan thing is that they still got Hugh Jackman to play. Um, and I feel like Hugh Jackman has definitely brought his A game. Now, this is an adaptation of the old man Logan story. 
We're assuming, right? Well, I, I think it probably is an adaptation of Old Man Logan the same way Age of Apocalypse is an adaptation and Winter Soldier is an adaptation. I think it's going to take elements and show you some um, moments where you're like, oh, that's recognizable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not an uh, it can't be a direct adaptation because there's so much that goes on in that that a would not work in an R-rated movie. Uh, it would it would be worse. And B uses characters who are integral but who are part of the MCU. Mm. Old Man Logan is a post-apocalyptic Mad Max type of world. Right. And so when I when I was watching this, I was like, are we is there another Mad Max movie? Cuz I would I I'd would be fine pay, with that. I would pay some money to watch Hugh Jackman, you know, drive a fancy car or beat up car. I would pay money for that. I would pay money to see Logan driving down the Fury Road. Oh, that I would mean, be fantastic. No, I mean, but then again, we're getting just these glimpses and, and who knows what else is going on. To me, it was just that head scratching reaction. What did I just see? Is this an action movie? Your your Children of Earth plus Mad Max plus what was your third movie? Book of Eli. Book of Eli. That totally fits the tone and oh, the yeah. imagery and and everything so and 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 you can't go wrong you cannot go wrong with patrick stewart sir patrick stewart in a film you just can't do it i i have yet to see a movie that he is in that is not very good and that song by johnny cash oh i mean hurt. that just puts it oh. over the top man yeah and that's not i mean that's not in a like good a way new song right that's not no, a new song no, no. that's not that's not like, oh, I'm going to go to top 40 and listen. That That well, is purposeful. They went to a very specific song from a long time ago. I mean, because Hurt's rather old. It's not It's not new. No, it was, that was like, that. That was the beginning of his, uh, don't call it a comeback, but it was a comeback. Right. Yeah. And so I really, I, I was blown away with it. I was literally blown away with it. All right. Um, okay, well, so. Let's move on to section number two, Netflix. Section number two is directly MCU stuff. Yes. Um, Netflix. They've made some casting into the Punisher series. Um, A bunch of people that, (laughs) as familiar I am with television, I do not recognize a lot of these names. There's a bunch Um, of people from TV shows I've heard of. That is exactly the case. So we have um, Michael Nathanson from The Mm -hmm. Nick and Wolf of Wall Street, which aren't TV. Well, Wolf of Wall Street's not a TV show. Right. But um, he's been cast as Sam Stein, a Homeland agent who is challenged by his partnership with Dinah, um, who (laughs) is someone else that they cast, but is not really part of it. They don't give any credits for her. Right. Um, The only show from this list of things, uh, there's... Jamie Ray Newman from Bates Motel. I've I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Plays Sarah Lieberman, Micro's wife. Uh, Paul Schultz from Nurse Jackie. I've heard of that. Plays Rollins, a high-ranking member of the CIA. Uh, Jason Moore from A Lonely Place for Dying. I don't know what that is. It Never sounds like a, it. sounds like a book that I was supposed to read in, <laughs> in college, but didn't. I, honestly, I think that. It, it either is one that I was supposed to read for college and didn't, or it was, uh, it just sounds really like that type of book that. Right. Um, that's Curtis Hoyle, friend of Frank Castles. And then Daniel Weber from 112263, which I have seen. I've seen a little bit of. Uh, Lewis Walcott, a young veteran who has a difficult time reassimilating into civilian society. He played, uh, he played, um, uh, Oswald. <laughs> 
the guy who oh, shot yeah? the guy who shot JFK. Yeah. 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 Cool. He's good. He was good. One of the things that, that the Netflix shows have done immensely is cast. I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Sigourney Weaver. They yeah, got Sigourney yeah. Weaver. So I mean they they know how to cast well and and I, you know the gentleman who plays Luke Cage um Michael Mike Coulter Mike Coulter, Mike Coulter. I mean he's fantastic as Luke Cage yeah and and Charlie no- Charlie Cox is Matt Murdock I mean these 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 actors are just amazing um and so I am not at all worried again none of this worries me at all um, I'm glad that they have they're making some announcements and moving forward. So, so let's talk about directors then, because the other yes. item is a Jessica Jones item. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Jones hires all women directors for season two. Says her the showrunner says the showrunner John Smith. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no. So the showrunner for Jessica Jones is Melissa Rosenberg, and she. If you look her up on IMDb, you will see a long list of credits, and she is not un- unfamiliar with the Hollywood industry. And and so the fact that she is producing this show, um, Jessica Jones, and the fact that she has said, oh, by the way, we're going to hire all female directors, is not that small of a thing. Yeah, it's, it's not kind of it's a not, monumental thing. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not insignificant. This is right. Especially it considering is. the themes that they were tackling in mm-hmm. um, in the last series, and 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 I would assume they're going to tackle some of these themes in this series. In fact, this is one reason why when we do come back to Jessica Jones' discussion, uh, it will not be all men talking about it. Um, and that's probably good. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> probably good. It's not probably good. It is a problem that we noticed early on. I mean, Daniel and I talked about it on microphone that we needed yeah. to get other voices into this conversation because right. of the things that the show is about. And we did get some really good feedback from a listener who will be, hopefully it'll work out for her to join us. But if she doesn't, there's another podcaster I've been talking to and we can talk later about any, you know, what, what our future plans for this looks like, but we are planning to finish coverage for Jessica Jones, but we did our best and I don't feel like we did a bad job, but we needed other voices. And for this sh- the show, this season two, to have the directorial voice behind the show uh, be all all women, I, I think is it's well, a, to, it's it's a step in the right direction for yeah. giving voice to people who don't have as much of a voice. And right. I, I know that that just saying that can be controversial in some circles, which is weird to me. Um, but the circles that it's controversial in are usually the circles that have the voice. So. And what's also significant about this is um, it is I could only find one other show um, on any anywhere <laughs> that was being uh, directed by all women that was actually helmed by a woman and then directed by all women. Um, and that's a, a show on Oprah's network called Queen Sugar. I don't know anything about that show. I've never heard of that show. Um, but the fact that there's only one other thing that I could do that I could find, um, it says a lot. It's unfortunate that this is news. It's unfortunate that this is controversial. But at the same time, it is not unfortunate that we are getting this in Jessica Jones. Right. Like I said, I think this is the place to make that statement. Um, I, I just wish the statement 
wouldn't have to be made if that makes any sense. It does make sense. It does. Yeah. Hey, we're we're running a little bit long here, so mm-hmm. um, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a post credit, you and I, about yes. the uh, Hulk, where monsters dwell, animated feature film that was just released last Friday, I believe, like the 21st or something like that, and it features Doctor Strange. And mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna throw out there right now that uh, there is a Doctor Strange DVD release. This is the last news item that I just found out about. It comes out November 1st. It's the DVD of the TV movie from 1978. I will be getting that movie next week. uh, And I will be watching that movie next week. And I'm not sure what we're going to do with that. But, um, and, and there's some other things we can talk about with Dr. Mordred, but that's, that's a later conversation. So let's, let's stop talking about news. And then after the credits here, Stuart, if you'll come back, uh, mm-hmm. we, can, we can talk for about 10 minutes, maybe about the, the man thing movie that just came out because yes, man thing, man thing was in Hulk where monsters dwell. But for right yes. now, we got to turn this over and let's, let's talk about the, uh, the episode of agents of shield lockout and all those things we just talked about links to all these articles, links to the, the trailers, the trailers will, can be found in the show notes at welcome to seven.com slash lockout. For now, let's talk about some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mission report. Okay, so we're back and we're going to talk about the episode Lockout. But before we talk about the episode Lockout, I want to talk about the person who's going to talk about the episode Lockout with me. And that person is Mr. John Wilkerson. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad I finally uh, made it into the base and hopefully soon I'll be getting onto the bus. It's it is quite possible. It is. I mean, once you're in once you're in the base, getting on the bus is not that hard. All right. It's true. Um, now, your voice is not unfamiliar to people who have been listening to the podcast for any length of time. Uh, be, I mean, y- your voice was in last episode. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> when I say any length of time, I mean, literally, it could be one episode. But um, since near the beginning, you've been sending in uh, voice feedbacks, voicemail feedbacks. And so your voice has been heard. Um, and again, one of the reasons why um, that I'm bringing in some of the people I'm bringing in, they're people that are podcasters and they're people that um, I know uh, can can rock the mic, so to speak. So, well, I'm ready to rock. Well, let's let's do it. Let's rock out with lockout. And uh, I think for this one, I think it'll be easier if we just discuss the two different threads that we have. There's there's one gigantic thread that we'll not start with. And let's start with the, the shorter thread here, which has some interesting. It's, it's all the B plot stuff that I think is feeding into the long term arc for this season, which, by yeah. the way, that reminds me, um, John, real quick before we get into that. What do you think of the season so far? Let's just just quickly, uh, because I do have one person who asked me, so wait, John Wilkerson, didn't he almost give up on this show at one point? <laughs> I was, you know, I was at the beginning of the season. I was I was actually ready to give up on the show, but they have brought me back around um, because I I like it when the team is working together and uh, solving problems together. And it seemed like at the beginning it was just going to be kind of all this fractured stuff that they were going to have Ghost Rider over here and they were going to have 
shield dealing with inhumans and the watchdogs over here, but I'm glad that they tied it all together quickly and they didn't drag it all out. And because of that, they, they've kind of, they, they've brought me back into the fold and, and I'll say, I mean, I'm giving it a B the season so far for a B. I liked this episode a lot because of the interaction between all the characters. And I think so far tonight's episode, well, last night's episode was, was the best episode to date. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to the, uh, Dr. Strange tie in. Yeah. And that's one thing we had talked about. Well, you had talked about in a voicemail, but we had talked about on the episode as well. Those, that way that their eyes look, it definitely feels like that's at least one tie in to Dr. Strange. Cause we've seen some visuals from the movie that look similar to that. And it came back this episode. I, I was a little bit surprised to see how much we were going to see people who had been, who had encountered the ghosts and saw the weird dark eye thing going on. So mm-hmm. that was uh, a nice return, but uh, yeah, so we have one episode between now and Dr. Strange and that episode looks to be, well, I don't want to say too much because some people don't watch uh, on purpose. Don't watch the, the teasers for next time. So I'll just say, looks like there's ghost rider stuff going on. So <laughs> I'm, I'm curious how much of a tie in we're going to get. Uh, of course, uh, the next episode that we're going to see will be November 1st. And then Dr. Strange is November 4th. And then there's this little uh, news item that looks like it'll be happening on November 8th. Yeah. Which would be normally when we would watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And honestly, I would much, 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 much much rather watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on November 8th <laughs> than anything else that's going to be on TV November 8th. But I'm it, saying it now. Anyone who is a Marvel fan, if you don't vote for uh, Coulson, then you are not a Marvel fan. That's all I'm that's, uh, that's all I'm saying. Now, wait I, a I'm, minute. I'm, that, that's I'm not saying, strong, strong words. Not, I think you can vote for Mace and still be a Marvel fan. Uh, no, it's got to be nobody's Coulson. nobody's voting for Fury. I mean, that's just wasting your vote. No. Yeah, I mean, it's he, voting not, for Fury is a waste. Yeah. yeah come on, man. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, the week of the uh, American presidential election, the episode that we'll be releasing will be the Doctor Strange episode. And then we'll come back with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it comes back. And the Netflix stuff will be happening cr- around that Christmas break. And we'll see what happens with, with the rest of that, which I think we just talked about with Stuart. But uh, a little peek behind the curtain. We do kind of piece this together. So. Um, my mind has already lost what we talked about yesterday when I talked with Stuart. So. <laughs> yeah. So let's yeah. talk about lockout. Instead. Let's do that. All right. Because certainly our international audience doesn't care. The, the only thing they're looking forward to with our election is whether the U S is going to implode or explode. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I don't want to talk about politics, but okay. Okay, that's it. No more. I promise. Not not because I don't want to create controversy. I just don't want to get depressed. Yeah. So so right before the episode started, they were giving the little brief, you know, watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next. And the phrase that they used was an ancient book ignites a world of hurt next on Agents of (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D. And I just wanted to bring that up because that just felt I, I don't know. I can't decide if that was. 
awesomely cheesy or if it was just kind of dumb. I And if you have to decide between one or the other, I think I would normally lean on the side of awesomely cheesy because <laughs> it just struck a chord with me. That I'm well, just like, well That's... Let, let me tell you what, Mean Gene. When I wrap these pythons around you, you're going to realize exactly how cheesy that was. I don't oh, you're not a WWF fan? No, no, sorry. Oh, okay. Isn't it All WWE right. now? It is WWE now, but I will always call it WWF. <laughs> so you're not a, you're not saying you're a fan of the World Wildlife Foundation? No. No? Okay. All right. So. Uh, yeah, so what is this agent book? Well, we actually get to see it, and this is our teaser. We'll talk about the teaser. Yep. And then we'll talk about um, Simmons' uh, plot line, and then we'll talk about Coulson and the crew. And so the, our teaser, we get a title that says, Then. Mm-hmm. And we see Lucy and Joseph, and they're going into a dusty cellar. And they're talking. There's some interesting stuff they're talking about here. And you kind of just in a few lines – you get a ton of backstory when Lucy says, what if we spent the last few years doing the science instead of looking for shortcuts? <laughs> and it's just kind of a, huh? And, and you just know, okay, well, that's what's happening here. I mean, they're, they're scientists, but they're looking for shortcuts and the shortcuts they're looking for is, is a book. And it's a, it's buried in the dirt in the cellar and fury couldn't find it there. And uh, red skull couldn't find it there, but they find it there. They, open it up and there's nothing on the pages until words and pictures, some very Dr. Strangey looking pictures appear on the pages. She's reading it in English. He's looking at it and seeing it in German and wondering German, how yeah. she can read it. But German is, is his first language. And then he says, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's him. Yeah. He says, what if in some way the book is reading us? Yeah. And that was a great line. I mean, this 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 whole tag right here or teaser is pretty good. And the other thing I noticed is at one point when they're looking at the book, they're holding hands. And then as they start to understand what they're looking at, they let go of each other's hands. They let go of each other's hands. Right. And just just in such a short amount of time, so much stuff. So up. much was said. And, and the other thing, too, I, I thought the basement was interesting, too, because you saw on the wall all these uh, all these posters of kind of fantastical ideas and fantastical. And it made you think of of the the uh, of Pulp Fiction, not the movie, but actual Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. and uh, some of the some of the kind of cheesy artwork you would see you know at a at a carnival or something like that you know like the the man with 17 eyes or whatever and 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 i wonder <laughs> i almost wonder if this was supposed to be like the basement of houdini or something like that well uh, here's the thing i the one thing i noticed and was able to pick out in my in my one viewing was the Quentin Carnival. That was one of the posters that was on the wall. Mm-hmm. And so that was, the, I mean, you see it a, a handful of times. That's why I was able to pick it out. And so I looked it up. And it actually is a carnival from the classic Johnny Blaze Ghost ah. Rider comics. It, this is a place that was the backdrop for a bunch of things with, with Johnny Blaze as a motorcycle stunt driver. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping this means we actually might see, at least in flashback, 
and maybe for one scene, but we might see a Johnny Blaze on mm. on our show. You know, and, and I'm okay if they don't want to do it in such a way that Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance with Nick Cage are not continuity. I'm fine with that, but I would love to see that Johnny Blaze is actually a part of our continuity here. Yeah, well, that would certainly make sense then with uh, with the tie in to why uh, Ghost Rider, when 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 Robbie is in Ghost Rider mode, so to speak, why he can actually affect the ghosts mm-hmm. because if his power comes from the dark hold as much as their current situation does too, then that would make sense then of why, why he can interact with, with them the way that he can. Well, and I think the fact that Eli was involved in the dark hold now, and we talked about this a little bit before, but in the, the comic book series that has the Robbie ghost rider, his uncle was involved in some, dark magic things that were going on. And that's part of what happened that caused Robbie to get involved with this spirit of something. It, it doesn't seem to be the same spirit of vengeance, but it's tied into that somewhat. Um, and so this kind of feeds into that. I thought they weren't going in that direction, but then you have uncle Eli. Clearly he was involved with these scientists and it's quite possible that he was involved with this book, but got removed from the situation and I, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll find out more for sure. Yep. But I do believe that this book, The Darkhold, has something to do with the creation of who Robbie is. So makes I, sense. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm want to see more, and and I'm ready to see more of that origin story for our our Ghost Rider Netflix series that we're getting here on ABC. Our Netflix series featuring Ghost Rider and Coulson and his team. Uh, <laughs> So then, still in the teaser, we now get a, a title card that says "Now," and it's Joseph. He's in bed, and Colson and Mac are there. He's looking at them. They're looking very nefarious with their eyes, looking all evil and dark. And but they are able to get in. They're they're able to talk to him and get a little bit of an answer from him. Uh, where is the book? Where is the book? And he tells them that he buried it back where he found it, but it's too late because she knows. Right. And now it's too late because he's dead. And then we see Lucy with the book and the pages do not reveal themselves to her. And she's getting, yeah, she's freaking out. She's crying and screaming and everything because she's a ghost and it is not recognizing her ghostly apparition hands. Yep. So, that's our teaser, and that's our setup for a lot of what's going on in the whole Darkhold uh, subplot that we have here. So, And that's also her motivation right now. I mean, we don't know exactly what she wants to do, but we can guess You know, what's pushing her. She wants to be healed, basically, of being a ghost. Right. And uh, Because I'm not convinced that they actually died. I think Ghost Rider has killed some of them, but I don't think that they died when they were packed away in those, those boxes and, and turned into ghostly extra dimensional beings. I don't think they're dead. I think they're extra dimensional and they look zombie like because they were wounded and they've been kind of stuck in that same, um, state of being that they were in. Yeah. yeah maybe they're decaying or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, so she needs some help and so does our team. So Yeah. Eli, he becomes the MacGuffin for us, and we will get into that 
momentarily. But for now, let's talk about Simmons. Simmons. <laughs> it's lie detector test day today. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Simmons and Fitz, they're talking about how, how she can beat the polygraph. You know, you can put the the tack under your tongue or the penny in your shoe and all these things. And she's talking about, no, no, there's like 250 things they're looking at to see if I'm telling the truth or not. And so she gets taken in to do. Oh. Well, did, did you, did you catch the little interaction there where, um, where Fitz is saying, Hey, I can, I can practice with you. And she, I, I, I can help you. I can help you practice. And she makes a comment like, well, yeah, because you're so good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike some you know, people, I'm terrible at keeping secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Referring to, uh, Fitz's, uh, keeping the secret about Ada. Well, and then she <laughs> says something like I'm fine or something like that. And he's like, see, you're getting better at it. I believed you that time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, wait a minute. If you recognize the lie, you can't really say you believed it. But and she does not accept the compliment. She is not. Yeah, happy about it. yeah. the The other interesting thing is Simmons is Fitz is constantly referring to Ada as she, mm-hmm. and Simmons is constantly referring to Ada as it. Yeah. Uh, so so she's refusing to personify Ada, um, because she actually feels threatened by ada it appears um and she makes a comment um about about the fact that because they're sharing a bed they should share everything um and i think uh, you know the first thing that i thought about that is uh i thought you know i'm married uh my wife i'm sure does not share everything with me you know, she shares the important things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are some things that she only shares with her girlfriends and gets advice on, and uh, it's vice versa. There are some things that that I deal with that I don't share with my wife. So uh, I, you know, it's like, you know, that's kind of like a false idea of just because you're in a relationship with somebody uh, that you have to share everything. And that's not to say that we have to have secrets from one another. But uh, there are things that are private, <laughs> even even uh, even when you're married. Well, and I would agree and disagree with you. I would agree that, yes, you don't share everything. I mean, I know police officers who don't share everything with their spouse that happens right. at work because it's just it's just terrible. It's horrifying in some ways. And I know that if I came home and told my wife every minute detail of my Tuesdays, which are just meeting after meeting after meeting, (laughs) it would be just the worst conversation ever for both me and for her. But when you're talking about something like Ada, which, well, yeah, (laughs) that's where, you know, yes, the, you could, you could hang on the, the everything that she says and say, well, no, not everything, but Ada yeah, that one, that one you should share. It would probably be something you should share. Yeah. <laughs> now I could, I could forgive Fitz for him not recognizing maybe the threat that Ada as a beautiful female looking AI might pose to his um, significant other. I could forgive him as being clueless and not recognizing that until yeah. she makes it evident, you know, which right. I think she has. Uh, again, you can still forgive some cluelessness but there is the fact that he intentionally kept it a secret because he knew he couldn't tell her in his defense it's polygraph day you know right i mean he knew that if he told her 
it would have to be revealed to director Mace. And that's another thing that they say. He doesn't trust director Mace. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So with, with lie detector day, um, she goes in and she's taking the polygraph test and they ask her specifically about Hydra. Have you, are you now, or have you ever been a member of Hydra? (laughs) And she answers, yes. And the guy's like, excuse me, what? Um, and then the question he asks that really hangs things up is how do you have information or have you had information? You should report, basically report up the ladder to director Mace. Yeah. She doesn't answer. She doesn't answer. And then she says, well, that's a, uh, it's a very wide ranging question. And before she can be implicated by this director Mace comes to take her away. Well, and the system starts to flag her too. Yeah. I I don't know if you know, was that um and you think like some you think that that's why mace is coming yes yes is because that's uh and so then we get some the next thing that happens with them is the director needs facts to help back up himself in a debate with um i'm just gonna call her ellen because that's the name i cost i i caught uh about the inhuman war on humans and I got really nervous for Simmons because she, right now she's beaten. We find out that he's not brought her in because of the polygraph test. And it's quite possible that because of the interruption, she'll get away with it until he <laughs> says, I think it would be better if I literally had my head in my head, what's in your head. And she <laughs> says, that's not possible. He holds up this device and says, yes, it is. And I'm just thinking, Oh my goodness. Is he going to mind probe her? Is he going to (laughs) mind meld with her? And she's going to have to try and keep her thoughts on just the debate and try not to think about the things I'm thinking, how could they even portray this on television? I mean, you could portray this in a comic book because you can do the thought clouds or the caption narrations or stuff like that. But how could they, how can they show her trying not to think about the things that she doesn't want him to hear? And and then he says, we go live in 15 minutes. And then I realize my mind went in a completely wrong direction. Right. It's just a microphone and an earpiece. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I, I found that 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 particular scene was was pretty interesting, too. As soon as he held up the earpiece and the microphone, I, I had figured it out. But up until that point, I was thinking to myself, okay, what's going to happen here? Because uh, they do still have the uh, – they still have the Tahiti technology there. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if well, they wanted to – Wasn't there like a mind-reading device or something like that? Maybe it was a mind-control device that they had in Agent Carter. Mm, I'm trying to be. remember now. But uh, it's been a while. Man, I need to watch that again. Not that I have time <laughs> to, but – Yeah. So he goes into a debate live on TV with Ellen. It's Nadir. That's what it is. Yeah. Senator Nadir. She is an advocate of the humans first movement. And we find a little background about him. He is the hero of the bombing in Vienna. And they show a picture of him protecting someone. And and that's why we we know that he's a face that the public trusts is because he Mm -hmm. was a a hero uh, at this this event. And so the debate begins and he's not listening to Simmons. Like she starts giving him answers and he's he wants facts from her. And, and that's what I realize is like he's not being rude. 
he can do the spin. He can do the PR. It's the facts that he needs from her. Right. And and so there is some interesting stuff that comes out of this. She asks, "Is Shield's pur- what is Shield's purpose if it's not protecting humans? And his, his big answer, the big takeaway is inhumans are human. Right. And and then she the one thing she can do to throw him off guard and it throws Simmons off guard as well is she brings up the the A plot, this prison situation that a prison has been compromised by agents of shield. And he says he, he's got the PR, you know, that he's got that down pat. He doesn't know this is going on, but he says, you know what? I can't comment on an ongoing situation. It's completely under control. Now we come out of that scene when we go to talk to, you know, see Colson again. Uh, it's not under control at all, but <laughs> you know, our boy Mace, he knows how to spin the PR. So, yeah. And so this is Ellen Nadir, who is the person from two episodes ago, I believe it was, uh, who we saw on TV and then who was in the tag scene. Um, and some watchdogs were reporting to her. Right. So we know she is not on the side of the angels. Who knows? That's right. Yeah. Who knows what exactly is going on there yet? And things are going to happen later on in this episode to show that we we definitely don't know what's going on with her. So they talk about how fatalities have gone down since the Sokovia Accords. Um, he says, "You, we need to talk about inhumans with respect. And she says, you can't talk about them with honesty. And he says, you know what? Um, Takes uh, the earpiece out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great move. Yeah. Great move. And, you know, one of those drop the mic moment kind of things where it's like, you know, what? I'm taking the earpiece out because I'm going to go off script and I'm going to do something. And he outs himself as a hu- inhuman. Yes. And he says, people that are uh, people like me that are different should not be hunted down. And so now all sorts of curious things are going through my head. OK, so does he have powers? Uh, he he's really strong and stuff in the comics. Maybe um, I, I don't well, know. He, I don't know. He, what he was demonstrated on. strong in in the show, too. Oh, yeah, if you true. remember you're right, you're right. when when May was freaking out he uh took her out pretty easily there threw across the room and (laughs) you're right yeah he is yeah he's really good uh with with the whole i can lift up a person with one hand and yeah i can't do it with the force i can't force choke her but don't need to because he's got the power yeah so we come back uh to headquarters mace's approval numbers are through the roof yep um (laughs) <laughs> he tells Simmons, you know what? You have to go into the polygraph again. And Simmons says, well, you know, there's all these different things <laughs> you can use to tell if someone is lying. And if I had to go to the polygraph again, I'm not very good at lying. And they might ask me what I thought about what you were doing today with your little announcement thing. And uh, I might have to say that the director told a lie on TV yeah, and so about being in, uh, in Vienna. <laughs> well, yeah, I couldn't pick up what the lie was though. I, I couldn't tell if she was saying that he was lying about being in Vienna, lying about being a hero in that situation. Or I wonder if he's lying about being an inhuman. 
I wonder if he's not yeah. inhuman and actually could be either a super soldier or or an android. Yeah, that that that's a good question. Uh, I think the lie is about Vienna, about whether or not he was a hero there and and what he did. Uh, that seemed to be kind of that's what I got from it. Uh, was that she was kind of saying, well, you know, you won't be so popular if people will find out that you know you're not the hero that everyone thinks you are, and so uh, that's 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 kind of the direction that it that I thought it was going, but yeah, who knows? I I think it, I mean it's it's left intentionally vague and whether or not it's um I mean no matter what it is from what we're talking about, uh it has to do with, with the way things went down in Vienna, I think. Yeah. And and I think we're gonna find out more about this whole Vienna situation. Uh but I like the way that they teased it here, you know, showing the, the magazine cover and the photos and stuff like that and and making it part of a news show and, yep. and it just I, I like the way they did that. So she's exempted from further testing. That's what comes out of her her little game yeah. here. And it works. She she doesn't have to lie for the polygraph. Uh who knows what's going to happen with her relationship with him now that she's played that card. But at least for now she has protected Ada and she has protected Quake. <laughs> Yeah, and she has protected all these other things. She she has to lie about. Yeah, so. I, I would be I would actually be happy to see if she all of a sudden gets demoted, and now she's back on Coulson's team and working with you know with the team, and so the team's back together. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if something like that happens. If since he doesn't trust her anymore, he's going to move her down the chain there to make sure that. Uh, she can't acquire any more power or any more uh, secrets on him. <laughs> or is it going to be a keep your friends close, but your enemies closer? Yeah. Like could he be. doesn't want to let her get too far away from him because you know, what would, what would Coulson do with that information? You know, or, or is it going to be uh, a cold war between the two of them mm. where, okay, you've got that information, but uh, here's what I can do to your friends. If you reveal it or, I'm I'm curious where that's going to go. And, you know, as friendly as he seems, as, as much as I've liked him so far, we have this tag scene that gives us reason not to trust him. Yep. <laughs> where he meets with Ellen uh, Nadir and she has footage from the prison and she's going to release it to news news sources. ABC, a- ABC specifically. specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, hey, it's it's synergy, you know, ABC. It's not only the network that is producing the show, but it's owned by Disney and Disney's. Yeah, you know, they're there. They're there. Uh, they meet as if they have known each other and being yes, in politics and stuff. You know, clearly, I mean, it could be just a professional knowledge of each other or it could be something more than that. But then the question comes, what do you want? So they're obviously at first I wondered, are they working in cahoots with each other? But they're at odds, I think, with each other. And and I'm not sure exactly what what kind of odds they're at, if it's that they're both coming at the same problem from different angles, if they both are on, you know, that I, I, I don't know. 
I, I, I don't know. And I, I don't think we're supposed to know at this point. He says, what do you want? And that's what I'm asking. What do they want? What does she want? What does he want? Because she's in bed with the watchdogs. She might be right. the leader of the watchdogs for all we know, for what we can tell. And so you have the leader of the watchdogs, the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're coming together. They're meeting in the backseat of a car. Uh, what, that can't be good. Yeah. What can take from that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what was interesting to me is it was a very comfortable meeting. And yes. so yeah, it, 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 it makes me think that they've been working together for a long time. And uh, maybe she already knew that he was an inhuman. And. Uh, maybe the shock on her face was the f- fact that he actually revealed it <laughs> yeah. more than, oh, you're an inhuman. Uh, so uh, but it seemed like, you know, they were they were they, they kind of were piling around and they they, they 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 moved in the same circles at some point. And the, the, there was no um, uh, no displeasure or disgust in her voice when she was talking to him. Uh, you know, because if she really doesn't like in humans, then you would think that either she would be expressing some kind of uh, fear of being around him or some kind of distaste towards him. And, and that wasn't there in that scene. What I'm hoping is that with her, they're doing something that we're not going to expect. Like maybe she is trying to play this from that. You know, she is actually a supporter of inhumans or maybe mm. even an inhuman herself. Yeah, but she yeah. is getting herself involved or she is drawing people out by supporting the watchdogs or, you know, it's that whole kind of, you know, um, you know, selling arms to to one side of a, of a civil war when and when the civil war is done, what's going to happen? Uh, maybe right. she is possibly supporting the watchdogs in, in order to further her own ends. But her maybe she is on the side of angels or whatever, but. At this point, we don't know much of what his motivation or hers is. And I, I think what we knew about him has been turned on its head a little bit uh, because he's not he's not as uh, as clean and innocent as, as he originally seemed. So, right. Yeah. So anything to add there with uh, with director Mace or, or Simmons or Ellen DeDeer before we get into uh, Coulson and the team. No, uh, I think we pretty much covered it. All right. So Coulson and the team, they are going after the Darkhold, and the only way they can go after the Darkhold is to go and get Uncle Eli. Also, Ghost Rider, not invited to go and get Uncle Eli. (laughs) (laughs) And the way it goes, I, I love the conversation he has with Quake. He's like, I should be down there getting answers my way. And she's like, you've been murdering people while possessed and on fire. Like, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not going to go for it. And yeah. then he says, you know, I, he says to Mac, I, I, I should be down there, you know, and, and going after them. And Mac's like, dude, you, you only kill people who deserve it. But down there, everyone deserves it. So yeah. <laughs> you can understand yeah. the, you know. There's there's some problems there, but when uh, Coulson and May go down, uh, they meet with some of the people in the prison there. And at first, I'm thinking May is noticing their stuff 
that's wrong. And at first I'm thinking, have the prisoners all like escaped? Are the prisoners running the prison? And then you realize at least the warden guy, um, he's been touched by a ghost. Yeah. Or touched touched by a, a fallen angel. Can we back up just a little bit? Uh, yeah. There were a couple of interesting exchanges that happened while they were uh, on the way over to the prison. Uh, one one great line that I thought was was when he goes over to uh, May and Mac and he says and, and, and he's saying, you know, what do you think about this plan? You know, this is a safe space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. And uh, and Daisy was talking to Robbie and. Um, I wrote this down. She's she, you know, she was talking about um, uh, about Shield and the team, and she says, "I keep my distance because it's what's best for everyone." And um, that was a very interesting insight into her motivations for not working with Shield anymore and kind of going on her own. Uh, because it sounds like maybe she feels responsible for some of the things that that's going on and she doesn't want to get too close again because too close to someone again because she's afraid that she's just going to be hurt when some when she loses another person that she loves and th- and they come back to this later with yeah. with her in May in yeah, one of the, the better end. conversations yeah at the end of this uh, it's a really touching conversation that they have at the end, um, the other thing that the good that you have there is Robbie. Uh, she's saying, "Hey, man, you should really trust Shield." And he's like, "Hey, you're totally not." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in in the prison, the Shield team goes. You've got um, Daisy and two Shield members that I wrote down red shirts, but. <laughs> They ended up not really being red shirts. That was that was good. Um, and you have uh, Coulson with May. They get in there and they're talking to the, the warden. He sees them as uh, dark eyed demon people or whatever. And but before that, May, I mean, she's good. She realizes something's going on here. Right. She's upset, though, because she wanted action. And Coulson gives her paperwork. And the, the paperwork being, you know, <laughs> all the stuff, because this is a they're going to have Eli transferred into Shields protection. Right. Well, we come back from the commercial break and she's getting her action instead of paperwork <laughs> because Lucy is there. They have to get to Eli before Lucy gets to Eli. But, you know, all the guards and stuff have been touched by the fallen angel thing and um it's bad for them, although they do have a, a cure, and Fitz has brought them this this cure. It's a painful cure, but it's, yes, it's not... has to be injected into the base of the skull. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... and, uh, and Mac wasn't too happy with that idea. <laughs> no, no, not at all. He hates needles, and then it's not a needle. It's like this weird claw thing that. <laughs> yeah. And so when yeah. they when they help a guy, the guy groans. And May says, stop whining. Cause yeah. I think yeah. she's just looking at it like, you guys have a good man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing during all of this too, is, uh, uh, many people are talking to Robbie and talking about his ghost busting. We need you to do ghost busting for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, Which, and that's, uh, and that's, he uses that against them. Cause Max says, Hey, when we need some ghost busted, you can come on down. And, 
And Robbie's like, uh, that's what's going on down there right now is there's ghosts. You need them busted. And so they're going to go down now. Mac is going to go down because they need to extract uh, Eli and Colson and May and Daisy and the two red shirts who turned out not to be red shirts. And they take the glass elevator down. Fitz is going to be quarterback, which this was a fun exchange here. Yes. The because, whole soccer football banter. Yeah. yeah where he's like, I, I, you know, quarterback as if like he's doesn't know sports, you know, and and Max like, yeah, the quarterback delivering the plays. And he's like, well, I thought the coach delivered the play. <laughs> like, that's why he's on the headset. That's know? why they have the little radios in their helmets. <laughs> and. <laughs> And I just, ah, that was a good twist right there, you know? And so they take the glass elevator down and Mac and ghost rider, they go off on their direction. And, uh, they, this is, you have the, a bunch of exchanges here. I didn't bring you down to settle scores. Um, ghost rider, Robbie sees this guy who was a fifth street gang member. And this is, this is messed up stuff, you know, because he's in the middle of all this and he has to fight the demon now. Yeah, he, he has to fight the spirit of vengeance or whatever it is that he has. And he really well, has not on, not only does he have to fight that, he also has to fight his own feelings. Well, that's just it because about the situation we're going to find out later. It's really personal. Yeah. You know, it's not just, oh, I recognize you as a bad guy from back home. It's. Oh, I recognize you as the guy who was a part of why my brother can't walk anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is something that comes up later on, but it, it starts here. And that guy's a jerk, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, later on, <laughs> yeah, he he's is. later on. He says, I've reformed. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know what? I think it would have been so much better if earlier in the episode, this scene here, if the guy would not have been a jerk. If the guy had actually acted like mm. he, he was reformed, uh, yeah. I think they, they could have gone into a much grayer, messier area with that. Yeah, they could have. Um, but uh, it, it is interesting. We'll have to get to it later, but we do get some very interesting uh, information uh, out of this this one character yes. later on as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, also uh, a thing that's going on is – Coulson is sure interested in what May experienced when she died. Yeah, he is. And, uh, he's, you know, uh, I mentioned it before we started recording, you know, when he says you had a, you had a near death experience and she says it was a death experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah but, he's, he's, he brings it up a couple times and one of them is like at a really, like he brings it up and I'm just thinking, really? And May actually says, really? You're going to talk about this right now? And yeah. You almost get yeah, the impression that he wants to find out. Like, if we're going to die right now, I at least want to find out before I die. What did you right. see? You right. Know? And, right. And, and and he mentions the the reason he's interested in that is because when, when he went through the Tahiti procedure, he doesn't remember any of it. That that was all that information, all that all those experiences were kind of scrubbed away out of his brain, uh, so he doesn't remember what it was like to die. Um, well, but you want to go there? Let's go there right now. Yeah, because sure. Her answer, he says he's pushing. What did you see? What did you see? Her answer, what she saw when she, she died. Saw him. Yeah, she saw him. What yeah. does that mean? I mean, oh, there's man. there's so many different things it could mean, but it could mean. She saw like traces of him. It could mean that he's so important to her that 
she you know she created a, a construct of him or or a, a memory of him or something but there's something here that's really it's meaningful but we don't know what it means yeah you know uh, i remember you uh last season talking about how you wanted Fitz and Simmons to stay in that platonic relationship. Uh, but we, I think we have that with May and Coulson. Uh, they are, they are partners in shield and they are friends and, uh, and they're, they're very close, but not romantically. And they mean a lot to each other. And so probably, you know, what was happening was, you know, May was thinking, uh, you know, what what anyone else would think when 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 they had a friend who's gotten them out of sticky situations before. Where's Coulson to help me? <laughs> well, and again, that you conversation know? we were talking about earlier that May has with Quake later in this episode, that conversation digs or dives into a lot of what Coulson means to May. Colson was the one who came to her to get her out of that basement desk job right in, in episode one of the series, you know, and he did that for her and it's, he didn't do it because she wanted him to, he did it for her because she needed him to, she needed it. Right. And yeah, now I'm, you got me a little worried when you bring up, you know, the whole Fitzsimmons thing, because like, <laughs> now we're going to lose May and Coulson too. Are they going to, are they going to get shipped together? No, the cellist is still out there, man. She is. <laughs> she is. We don't hear about her. No, nope. she's out there. Yeah. She's out. She could be an inhuman right now for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> so all of the, all of the action from this episode really comes from these scenes because we find out the watchdogs are in the cells. Oh, yeah. And then Lucy opens the cells and then Fitz unlocks all the doors because he can't unlock the doors that have uh, Coulson and May in with the watchdogs in that one cell block. He has to open everything. And so right. everything opens up and we end up with a prison riot. Yeah. And so you have. Well, I, I just have to say something here. If Fitz could unlock them all. Why couldn't he lock them all after he went after they went through that one yeah, door just really quickly before any yeah. prisoners realize, hey, my door is unlocked uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, unless Fitz unlocking all the doors uh, opened all the doors, too, which is a I guess kind of yeah. what ha I guess that's what happened, really. I guess so. Because all, yeah. all of a sudden the doors start opening. So, yeah. 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 It just seemed kind of odd to me that, you know, they needed to get through that one door. Basically, yeah. so you unlock everything, they get through it, they close it, and he locks everything again. But I know they they had to have a prison riot, so you know. <laughs> Look, you're yeah, you're not going to do an episode set in a prison where you're trying to get someone out of the prison without a prison riot because right. one of the things from storytelling that you you do is okay, what's the worst thing that can happen now? What's yeah. the worst thing that can happen when you're trying to get one prisoner out of a prison? Is all the prisoners right. are out. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's a the the prison riot becomes a, an obstacle, but not necessarily yeah. an obstacle that's, a, you know, directly after them. But then the watchdogs, that's what's directly after them. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so 
there there's some chases. There's the one chase that I love <laughs> through the the dining hall, <laughs> through the cafeteria. Like, <laughs> it's 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 it reminded me of like a Pac-Man game. You know, you're like have to run through the maze and you've got the other ones chasing you behind. And yeah. um, And meanwhile, Mac and 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 Robbie have to find Eli. um, But they're found by two of the scientist ghosts. Yes. And uh, Robbie picks up a chain and it does exactly what you'd expect a ghost rider chain to do with one of the ghosts wraps right around him and destroys him. Uh, Ghost ends up walking through Mac. And Robbie destroys it, but Mac recognizes he's been infected. He has to administer the thing <laughs> to his neck. And he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not liking that at all. Not so, too thrilled about that. No. I, I do like the fact that uh, Ghost Rider is now using chains because, uh, yeah, metal bars are interesting. But come on, Ghost Rider has changed. Yeah, Everybody what a great that. moment from last episode. <laughs> yeah. And it's paying off in this episode. Although he yeah. uses the chain and then drops it. Yeah. You know, just oh, just well. wrap it around your shoulders, man. You might as well just wrap it around your arms. Make it part of your costume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Max, Max using the shotgun axe again. Sure so. is. He's using it all over the place. Yeah. And he's yeah. using it as both the shotgun and the axe. I mean, it's getting yes. it's getting its double duty. Um, and then we get the payoff to Mac and saying, you know, if we have some ghosts that need to get busted, we'll, we'll call on you because he he does it. And then they, we get the line ghost busted. <laughs> wah, wah. Oh, man. <laughs> So Coulson, you know, oh, go ahead. I, 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 I kind of wonder why they they were putting those lines in there. I don't think Disney or ABC has any kind of partnership with Ghostbusters, and as far as I know, it's not coming out on DVD or Blu-ray or anything like that. So I found that kind of interesting. You well, know? It, it is, but they're not making any money on it. Yeah, there's, there's the extended edition, which is the what I said. I will watch the new Ghostbusters movie one more time if it comes out with the extended edition with all the scenes that were missing. And now it's out and I'm, I'm not going to watch it because I just have no interest. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the real Ghostbusters cartoon was on ABC, I believe, when it was on Saturday mornings. But uh, I don't think I think this is just the writer. Just yeah. Having fun with the idea of the ghosts. And, you know, what do you. When you go after ghosts, what do you call it? You know, you're, you're ghost busting. You're ghost busting, yeah. So, I, I yeah, I, I don't think it has anything to do with. Uh, well, other than maybe the the writer had just seen Ghostbusters or something like that, or you know, knew it, but it was coming out. So, yeah. Could anyway, be. yeah. So, Quake. This is this is where things get. I'm frustrated with Daisy. I, I was frustrated with her last time. I'm getting more and more frustrated with her. She's working with Colson and May. They're running through the cafeteria. They get through the doors and Daisy closes the door, breaks the lock and fights all the watchdogs by herself. Yeah. For and, no, for no reason whatsoever. Well, and that's just <laughs> it because what happens next? 
May and Coulson, they go through the garbage to get up into the kitchen or whatever so that they can help her finish the fight. And I'm just thinking to myself, why didn't they just do this in the first place? You know, they're they're running from these guys, but why didn't they just stop in the cafeteria and say, all right, Quake, you know, we're going to do it. Let's let's go for it. May is awesome. Coulson has his shield in his hand, which he got to use earlier, which was awesome. Yeah. Why didn't they just do this in the first place? Because as soon as they take care of all the watchdogs, (laughs) May just says that was suicidal and stupid. You know, well. Well, and the other thing is too for her is to take him on if, alone. I mean, if if Coulson and May could have gone, you know, again, this is this this is John's logic brain kicking in. I know they need a fight scene in there somewhere. Uh, it was a pretty decent one too. It was a decent. It was a, it was a decent fight scene. It, it really was. But if if Coulson and May would be safe by Daisy breaking the handle <laughs> on the door. Well, she could have just kind of gone through the door and broke the handle off and wouldn't have had to fight all these people. (laughs) Well, I think she was keeping them safe. She broke the handle so they couldn't get back in. Uh, That could be. uh, That's that's what I was taking from it is that she closes the door. She breaks the handle. Coulson and May can't open the door now. And she's going to fight these guys and give them a chance to get away. Yeah, but I mean, I've kind of felt like it went both ways, but. I mean, the only reason they were chasing the three of them was because Quakes and Inhuman. And so yeah. I, I guess the idea was they won't go after Coulson and May because they want to get the Inhuman anyway. Uh, and she doesn't use her powers at all the, the whole time, uh, which that – I was surprised by that. Mac had made a comment about if she used her powers again before her arms healed, that they would be in really, really bad shape. Uh, But well, and and she's in bad shape. They she's wearing the new gauntlets. Yeah, look pretty cool. But at one point, one of the gauntlets gets punched off of her. And and she's now as she's fighting, it's painful for her to fight. Yeah. So. So she definitely needs the gauntlets. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So Ghost Rider is on his way out. He's got Eli with him. And the prison is in riot. Lucy knows that, go- that Eli is gone. But Robbie just can't help himself. They He stops yeah. by the, the Fifth Street gangster. And he sends Eli out alone, which, come on. I mean, everyone knows. everyone knows as soon as you send someone off on their own alone, that guy's not going to make it to where he's supposed to go. Well, well it was, there was an interesting exchange too. When Robbie went to get Eli, he didn't want to leave. He, he, he was saying, why are you here for me? Mm -hmm. But I'm not, I'm not going with you. I'm not staying with you. And when he mentions that Lucy has the dark hold, then he's kind of, gets this look on his face and says, okay, we need to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing, the other interesting exchange about Robbie and Eli is Robbie. One of the ways that Robbie basically convinces Mac that things are going to be okay. And he's not going to ghost out is he says, uncle Eli cannot know anything about this. Right. He cannot know what I am and what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that convinces Mac Um, And that 
is another reason I think why he's like, Eli, you go on ahead or uncle Eli go on ahead because he doesn't want Eli to see him ghost out, which he does. He, (laughs) he goes in to talk to this guy. He finds out that the fifth street locos, uh, were ordered to do a drive by that took out Gabe's legs. Yeah. And that it was a hit. Yep. This was not a random drive-by. This was a hit that had been put on Gabe and or Robbie. But the guy he he doesn't know who who ordered it. You know what I you know what I wonder what 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 came to mind was uh if maybe they were driving Eli's car and the hit was meant to be on Eli. Uh because I get the impression that in the timeline that maybe uh, Eli was not in jail yet, possibly, or maybe the hit or or the other thing it could be is maybe Eli was already in jail and somebody ordered the hit as a threat against Eli to get yeah. information from him about what he was doing uh, with the dark hold or whatever. So – it's a couple couple of ways it could go there, I, I, I think, and, and it'll be – again, it'll be interesting to see which, which way they decide to go. Yeah, and the way they that. present it, they definitely are coming back to this. Yeah. So now this guy, he doesn't know who ordered the hit. The only people who would know who ordered the hit are now dead. They were burned alive. They're crispy critters yeah. right now. And he says all of them are crispy critters except for one and – now he is going to get fried. And so we get. And he does. Fried Fifth Street Loco. And he goes so He kills the guy. The riot stops. And all the prisoners in that cell block run into their cells and close the doors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was pretty funny. <laughs> so then the police are on the way. They get outside. Eli's not there. Like, no one is surprised that's watching TV right now. Uh, but Robbie is surprised. Uh, he's, he's concerned. We find out that Eli is with Lucy and we find out why Eli is with Lucy. Now this is, uh, later on, but Lucy needs Eli to read the book. She can't. And she says, you're going to fix me and then you're going to finish or we're going to finish what we started. I mean, he was a part of this. He, right. He is not an innocent bystander. And, and that's another thing. Just all the all these things are going to come together. And so I can't I cannot help but think that the Darkhold is part of Robbie's creation as Ghost Rider. Yeah. So the team finds out that Eli is with Lucy and the, they Lucy has the book. This is this is trouble. <laughs> this is a problem. Um. But this is where we get May and Quake. They talk about things and uh, there's a lot of good back and forth there. You know, she May says you're trying to distance yourself from everyone else so they don't drown in your wake. I invented that move. It didn't work. And, <laughs> and you know why it didn't work? Because of that guy right over there. And, you know, you don't get to choose who cares about you. What a great line. You don't, a great get to, line. you don't get to choose who cares about you. And how many situations can you think of parents and children or children and parents or, you know, grandparents who care about kids 
who, you know, the parents aren't in the picture anymore. And, and so now the grandparent is acting as the parent and the kid wants to rebel against that. You know, you don't get to choose who cares about you. Um, and then she also says, Lincoln wouldn't want you killing yourself over what happened. Um, but Quake's like, you know what? I'm leaving anyway, and I'm just going to sit here and cry. And, yeah. And so she does. She sits there and cries. And yeah. Yeah. It's it's really clear. You know, May makes it very clear that uh, Phil Coulson, when, when he decides that he likes you, he is going to be – your biggest advocate and he is going to be there for you no matter what happens. And, uh, you know, he's, he's like that friend that sticks closer than a brother, you know, he's there and he is there to, whether you want him there or not, (laughs) he's there to help you. (laughs) He's the friend that no one would not want. I mean, you want that kind of friend in your corner, but because he cares the way he does, you might not want him because you can't wallow in self-pity when you have a friend like that unless right. you're going to push that friend away because he's going to try and pull you out of that. And yeah, I mean, Coulson, I I'm, I love Coulson this season. I, I feel like we're getting back to the Coulson that just made me really enjoy the character. Uh, and, you know, first season, um, I'm loving May, Mac this season. May... You know, she's been up and down, but, uh, you know, with the whole ghost demon, see, you know, vision thing, she hasn't had a lot of chance to do much. But this episode, she got to do some good stuff and and have some good moments with other characters. Um, Robbie, I'm enjoying. It's Quake. It's Daisy. I I just I I'm trying to remember. I, I feel like I defended her in first season when people were dogpiling on her. I think you did. <laughs> and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like, ah, you know, I, I feel like Colson, you know, I defended her and she's just pushing me away. And, <laughs> and, and I don't, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping they're able to turn this around, but I feel like we've gone through this arc with her a couple times already. And, and this is just another, variation second verse same as the first a little bit louder a little bit worse so well you know and the thing is i i think it reflects real life though because people who have these kinds of uh uh emotional you know deep-seated emotional uh problems it doesn't just it doesn't just go away it's just kind of with them all the time and uh and i think that I think that's why we're we're seeing this cycle with her. There's a, a moment where she feels like she's part of the team and everything's great, and then now she's, you know, at a point where she feels like she let them down and they let her down, and so now I'm going to distance myself from them so they don't get hurt and I don't get hurt. And I think that you know that that's that's the way it is in 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 real life, and and that's what they're trying to express with Daisy right now. That's possible. But in real life, I don't like it either. (laughs) So I don't like (laughs) the cycles that people get caught in. I don't like the cycles that I get caught in. Yeah. Uh, You you know, and, and with storytelling in real life, it's repetitive and stupid and you hate it because you're living it Uh, in storytelling. It's repetitive and, and you don't like it because 
you, you've, you've seen this story before. And so I'm, that's yeah. why I am holding out hope that they do have a resolution that is different. And I don't know what it could be. I don't want to see her have to give herself, you know, give her life to and sacrifice. And that's how she makes up for all this. Um, I'd like to see something different with her where she comes out of the dark, so to speak. Uh, but it's not like a just, Oh, Hey, everything's great. We're a team again. I, I, and I don't know what they could do. I, I don't have any creative ideas off the top of my head right now where they could go with that. But um, I am holding out hope that they will be able to take care of things. And, and I think the relationship with Robbie is going to help. Mm. I, yeah, I think I, so. I think that wherever that relationship with Robbie goes, and I, I, don't, I, I think it'll turn into some sort of friendship. She was warned away from it by Robbie's brother, but that's just an obstacle in the way, you know? So I, I that's my prediction is, is that they're going to use something with Ghost Rider to help pull her out of the, the dark that she's in right now. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So... Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's this episode and I like this episode. I've really been enjoying this season and I don't know if it's because we have uh you know, kind of that focus on a Marvel character. And so we we're, we're in, you know, the first half of the season is called they're calling it Ghost Rider. Uh, right. And, and so right. I don't know if it's because we have that going on or I think it's just a combination of of all the stuff that's going on. And as long as we it leads up into a, a nice resolution of the watchdog stuff and, you know, and maybe the watchdog stuff won't be done this first half of the season. Maybe it'll be the full season long. Who knows? But I'm liking what they're doing. They could ruin it. Sure. If, if they want to, they could definitely take things in a direction that I would not like. But so far, so good. I'm enjoying stuff right now. So. Yeah, uh, this particular episode I really liked a lot because, I mean, it was just a very straightforward, linear story. And we went from one thing to another, but and really kind of one one tense moment to another. But in, in all of that, there was some really good character development. Yeah. Well, I think that we can shut this conversation down and turn it over to some listener feedback and, and get some field reports. What do you think? Sounds good. You gonna stick around for it? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Shield field report. All right, John. So we have two emails here and okay. one is from agent Dallas subject line is season four, episode five. And here's what he says. First part is in regards to, after listening to the last episode's podcast to add to the discussion about the seasons pivoting around certain themes, each season seems to parallel a theme from the films. It was said that the inhumans were original to the show, but I would say that the inhumans parallel guardians of the galaxy, especially with all the talk of the Cree. Obviously this season is dealing with the mystical side of Marvel on may knowing Ada. I took her saying, why have you been keeping her from me? I took that as why hasn't she met Ada? I think it's in context with her complimenting her personality. Something I skipped over was James's complete 180 on being inhuman. This was a small problem in the overall episode for me. I understand that after what happened, he has some reservations, but to just turn on his own by helping a terrorist group seems much. 
I just would have liked to see him go through it to reach that reason. For example, we saw Daisy go through it and why she made the decision she did. But with James, we saw him being controlled by Hive. And the next thing we know, he is working at a fireworks warehouse. Maybe we'll get an explanation later on. Something would be nice. I had said something about Ghost Rider getting his own show. This is what I was referring to. And it was an article um, from comicbook.com where Gabriel Luna, the the uh, actor who plays Ghost Rider, said Ghost Rider may get his own show. Um, he says there are some rumblings going on. On S.H.I.E.L.D. being surprised about different happenings, I take it as they see files and such as myths. Just because you see the file doesn't mean it will prepare you for the actual event. Plus, I take it that Coulson has seen a lot, and when it comes to these things, he's just looking for answers and isn't all that surprised. For example, when the Destroyer came to Earth. Must be one of Stark's. Lastly, I looked at pictures from the Doctor Strange to see the eyes. From what I can tell, on all the villains, it looks as if the skin around the eyes are crack cracking and purple is coming through. I don't see this as being a connection between the two. Now, for the episode, for this episode, which is short, great episode. We are moving both storylines forward, which is great. I'm glad that we got Daisy back with the team. I thought her new gauntlets were awesome. I definitely think the Darkhold storyline is the first half and the Watchdogs are the second big bad. Jeff Mace was in Civil War, maybe. Hopefully we figure out what was going on there soon. Daisy's fight scene was great. It's nice to have a fight with her without her powers. Ghost Rider was great presence in the episode. I enjoy his story and wondering if the uncle doesn't have something to do with the hit. Lastly, I liked the callback to the device Mac uses on the cell. Uh, I think he's talking about the... the uh, Axe rifle or axe shotgun. He says, thanks. Okay. Agent, yeah. Agent Dallas. So, yeah. So kind of going back to Ada and if May knows that Ada is an AI or not, I'm, I'm in the minority, I think, right now uh, based on last week's uh, host and this email here. Two <laughs> versus one. That's the minority. You know, so. Um, yeah, think? I, I think I think she knows. Okay, I think she knows that Ada is an AI. High score. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean that 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 was the immediate thing that came to mind when when I heard that was was it that she knew and that she was extremely impressed with uh, how uh, lifelike she was, uh, but I, I I think that she does know and. And, you know, Agent Dallas mentioned the the eyes around the the bad guys in Doctor Strange. And he's you know, now that I think about it, he's he's right. It is it does tend to be more defined and crackly than it does with the ghosts. But, you know, I'm still I'm, I'm, I'm holding out that that maybe when you're in that extra dimension there where the crackly eyed people are, it's defined. And when they're kind of between dimensions, it's not so defined. <laughs> I just want to hold on to that, you know, <laughs> for some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, well, we just want the connections, you know, we want the yeah, connections. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, okay. So next we have from agent Jacob, and subject season four, episode five. Hello, Ben and company. It's my first time writing in, but I've been a listener since the beginning of season three. 
I'm sending this message to give you my thoughts on why both Daisy and Hellfire are going through this suicidal phase of theirs. You said that it may be because of what they were made to do while being controlled by Hive, but I think that is only part of it. In Season 3, they said that the way Hive controlled the humans was through activating pleasure centers in their brains, essentially making them addicted to him. With Hive dead, they are left to go through withdrawal, feeling empty inside. That was my take on it anyway. Also, you guys have probably talked about it on the episode, but I have to point out that the basement where they found the Darkhold was almost definitely Johnny Blaze's. Both the poster on the wall and the cast-off leather jacket strongly point to this. Well, this message is getting a bit lengthy. So I'll end it by saying thanks to all the members of Welcome to Level 7 team. Your insight each week gives me all the info I need about comics related to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so I don't have to read them. A big thanks again. Um, yeah, so the poster on the wall we've talked about, the leather jacket I missed. I, missed <laughs> I feel kind too. of stupid now, but if there was a leather jacket, then yes, there definitely, I mean, Johnny Blaze's, yeah, that, okay, so if that's the connection to Johnny Blaze, then I would be more than happy, more yeah. than happy. Um, the insight on the addiction thing, it's interesting because of the whole uh, metaphor that James brought up with uh, the cigarette from his supervisor where he says, right. you know, I mean, he's basically look, he has that cigarette there. That's a representation of his life of addiction to cigarettes. And that could be, I mean, that would explain the change of why he wants to, uh, you know, why he's kind of acting the way that he's acting is if he's going through this withdrawal and he doesn't want to live life without uh, without it, then, you know, he yeah. wants everyone to feel as bad as he feels. Yep. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? And, and maybe he is feeling suicidal. And what we're seeing with, with Daisy, you know, I mean, May calls it out and, and you wonder if it's a little bit of exaggeration, but she says that was stupid and suicidal for her to turn around and fight the watchdogs by herself. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe. Okay. So, you know, I was asking for them to give us something a little bit different for her to come out of this. This could be it, that she is not just fighting her own personal, uh, emotional demons that she was dealing with before. And we've seen that cycle before, but now it's enhanced by going through hive withdrawals and, Mm. and maybe they're gonna have to work with her on that. That would be different enough for me to feel like they've, they've done something uh, unique and, and different that I'm, I'd be on board with. So, yeah, sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. Uh, The other thing that, that kind of was triggered in my head too, was that Lincoln was constantly mentioning how uh, the terogenesis process and the, 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 the inhumans and the powers that they, uh, received and exhibited were always in balance that that it would find a way it seems to find a way to balance itself out yeah and so with the whole watchdog thing is maybe there maybe whoever's in charge of them isn't so much against inhumans but wants to throw the balance off so that they can uh, make a power play or 
wants to create balance. Oh, it could be that too. I mean, if, if let's say Ellen Nadir is an inhuman herself and she is funding the watchdogs to, cause this is, I mean, with that tag scene last time, I, I, I don't know who she was with in that room, but she was with someone who had gone, who was going through Terra Genesis. Right. And didn't seem to be in a hurry to destroy her or destroy him or, or whatever. And so what if she is an inhuman and now that, um, you know, they're, they're not around, they don't have the same balance. They, she's there to get the inhumans in balance again by destroying inhumans that need to be destroyed or something. I don't know. I also like that. I like the power play idea too. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of explanation still that we need. There's a lot of exposition that we're going to get, and there's a lot of mysteries to still be solved. So yes, many, many mysteries. Yeah. And I can live with that if I'm enjoying it. And I am. Guess what? I am totally. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you very much. I want to thank uh, Agent Dallas and Agent. I lost his name already. Agent Jacob. Jacob. Yep. For uh, writing in. I want to thank uh, Daniel for doing Facebook stuff, even though the Cubs are playing lots and lots of games. I want to thank John and uh, Agent Lestu for joining me on this episode. And you're going to hear more from Agent Lestu as soon as the credits are done rolling, uh, because we are going to be talking about that new Hulk, Doctor Strange slash man thing movie, animated movie. And we are also going to be talking. Well, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. So and, and John, I want to thank you again for joining me here. Uh, where can people find you online? I mentioned that you're you're a podcaster in that, but where where can people find you? Uh, the best place to find me right now is over at strugglingforpurpose.com. That's kind of my personal blog and everything. Um, and I talk about well, uh, there's not a lot of talking about going on there <laughs> any recently, <laughs> but yeah, you know, kind of the whole idea behind it is to find finding purpose and work and play. Uh, as as well as uh, my own my own personal faith, so uh, I like to like to keep that updated as often as I can. So strugglingforpurpose.com. All right, and again, thanks, John, for for joining me. This was fun, and of course, I knew it was going to be. I've been, I've podcasted with you before, yep. and you've sent in the, the the voicemail feedbacks, and yeah, so uh, thank you for for stepping up to the plate. And joining me here. And uh, yeah, um, now that we're done, John, I, I guess I have a question for you. If, What's that? Well, want to go to prison? Could be Taco Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. 
You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, credits have rolled. And it is time now for us to talk about the animated man thing movie that came out. Now, this animated man thing movie is a little misleading because if you look at the title, it's called Hulk where monsters dwell. I don't know what's up with that. Also, if you look at the artwork, uh, Hulk and Dr. Strange are prominent and fully colored in the, the artwork for the poster for this, where doc, uh, man thing then is kind of in the background and kind of faded out. And, and kind of like not front and center. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. But the Man-Thing animated movie has happened. It is here. I rented it. And it's not available on DVD anywhere. You can rent it <laughs> on Amazon. That's it. You can rent and, it on and, Amazon. And it's a great, fun Halloween movie. Go rent it. it you know, that's, that's, the, that's the, the quick log line right there. Mm-hmm. This movie, it is not going to change your life. It is not going to cause you to um, really, I mean, this is not Jessica Jones where it's causing you to think about, you know, social uh, problems and issues and stuff like that. No, but <laughs> no, it, it's not. here's what it is possibly going to do. Unless you are an Eeyore like <laughs> Daniel. Okay. Um, what it's possibly going to do. And, and Daniel, I, I'm teasing him about this right now. He's not going to hear this until, you know, like no. a month from now. But I, I tease him about this, but he did on our Facebook thread that we use to communicate about the show. He's like, does it have because um, it has the Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. in it. And he right. asks, well, does it have Dum Dum Dugan Robot? No. Does it have Hitmonkey? No. Then nope. it's 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 a zero. He, yeah, he passed. He was done. <laughs> He's not even interested. <laughs> and I, I told him for him. He would like it more than he thought he would. He would dislike it less than he thought he would. I don't think he'd come out of it saying he liked it, but I do think he'd smile at a couple of the jokes, and I do think he'd enjoy seeing the Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. team up with Hulk and Doctor Strange. Now, who are the Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D.? They're monsters who work for S.H.I.E.L.D. We've talked about it in some of the comic book episodes, but they're monsters who work for S.H.I.E.L.D., and they are coming to help Doctor Strange, who has also called Hulk, who needs help uh, Doctor Strange needs help with a terrible evil that's out there mm-hmm. and it's going to harm some children and monsters are being created and it, you're right. It's a fun Halloween superhero movie. And for me, it's even more fun because man thing animated on the screen. It's the best Halloween superhero movie, animated superhero movie of 2016. I would that's, agree. That's 100, absolutely yeah, yeah. 100% true. Now, um, I did have some people, again, in that threads disagree. Uh, well, you know. But they were disagreeing because they were trying to rewrite the rules. That's right. You can't rewrite the rules. You can't say Batman versus Dracula from, what, 1999? That doesn't count. <laughs> This is it's 2016. So last century. Exactly. Well, it's. I don't think it's from 1999. It might have been from like 2010, but whatever. You know, <laughs> it doesn't. It's not from now. 
That's for sure. It's not from 2016. So, um, yes. Okay. So I would dare cool. any of you to say you could find a better superhero Halloween animated feature from 2016. That I dare Ant-Man. you. Or not Ant-Man. Man-Thing. Man-Thing. Well, I mean, that just puts it over the top for me. Straight. That's just... <laughs> so, okay. Let's, let's real quick do this. Uh... We want to go spoiler-free. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. As much as possible because if people watch it, I want them to know, you know. So how many how many Jasper Sitwell, zombie Jasper Sitwell uh body parts are you going to give this? Okay, so zombie Jasper Sitwell limbs. Because in the movie, you have a vampire woman that I can never remember her name. Nina Price. That's right, Nina. And so she's from the Van Helsing crew and from the tomb of dracula stuff and she's a vampire you have Warwolf, who's basically a werewolf that mm-hmm. has lots of weapons and he lost an e super super uh sarcastic um <laughs> and sometimes he's even funny um, and you have you have uh zombie jasper sitwell who keeps losing limbs uh and and they do a lot of zombie jokes with him and that was what the first scene, what I wasn't doing it for me until Jasper gets there and some of the stuff he was doing, I'm just like, okay, you know what? I got to just go with what they're doing here, you know, because yeah. they're, it's just, they're just having fun with it. And then there's yeah. the end thing. Those are our howling commandos and you have Hulk and Dr. Strange. And so how many Jasper Sitwell limbs do I give this? I give this out of five. Um, this is going to sound bad considering all the praise I'm heaping. I give it a solid three. And the reason I give it a solid three, it's a C, you know, it, it's, it's middle of the road and it's, it's fun enough to be fun, but it's not great. You know, it's, it's not the best thing ever. And if I'm just talking about man thing, you know, I, I maybe I give it four, you know, I mean, and I give the man thing movie a one. So just to, to know what I'm like comparing this to this man thing is a lot more like a swamp thing. A, if Clint Eastwood was playing swamp thing, this would be the man thing that we have here. He's, he's just quiet and does things that he, I never see him do in comics. Um, but I don't care because he's there. And when he touches people, you know what happens? Whoever knows fear burns at the man things touch. And is, is that, is that, is that comic? That's, lore? that's yeah. Like every comic. Okay. Like, <laughs> so, so the thing that man thing does is he touch people who know fear. And yeah. He, in, in the comics, he's attracted to emotion and fear, uh. you know, so fear is a strong emotion. And a lot of times the stories in the comics end with someone being touched by the man thing. He reaches out for them because of the strong emotion and then they Mm -hmm. end up burning. And so it causes a bad guy to not do something bad or sometimes it causes a good guy to have something horrible happen to them. Um, And so in this case, the way they use it, especially at the beginning where when he's touching the Hulk and you're like, okay, what is the Hulk scared of? And there's, there's a mystery. Act one is a mystery. What is Dr. Strange trying to do? Why is he bringing people in? And what's mm-hmm. the deal with the monsters? Act two becomes all and three becomes this um, multidimensional Dr. Strange. Only Dr. Strange could cause a story to happen, but only the Hulk can do the things that Dr. Strange needs to win. And the Colin commandos are there for not quite only comic relief. They, they do some stuff beyond that, but um, yeah. So, but I, I give it a three. What about you, Stuart? What's what's your... I give it a four. Four Jasper Sitwell limbs, because that's how many he has. That's true. Uh, that's that's true. I, I really like the um, – there's there's some internal conflict that happens in this 
Act Two part of things that that's I really true. that's true. I really dug that, and I would like to see that explored. In um, I'd love to see Mark Ruffalo deal with some of that, and he kind of does in, in Ultron. But I mean, I'm not sure. I I don't know. There's a lot of inner conflict between Banner and Hulk that I think is a really strong story element, and I think. Um, I'd, I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. Act one feels like a Dr. Strange movie. Like, mm-hmm. And then when you finally get into act two, that's when you get into the reason why Hulk is the title character mm-hmm. because of that stuff you're talking about there. Now, all the characters need to be there for the stuff that's going on and, and for mm-hmm. the resolution. It's, it's none of them are wasted and none of them are there extraneously, but you're right. The stuff they do with Hulk is some good stuff. It's stuff I've seen before. But I feel like they, they kind of dealt with it in a different way, especially when they're talking about, like, what does Hulk fear? Mm-hmm. He fears something and it's it's under the surface. And so he's he burns at the man things touch. Uh, but at the same time, it's, again, part of the mystery. What is he yeah. afraid of? And uh, and you have Nightmare. Nightmare is the villain. And that's honestly my one complaint. Nightmare sounded like I, I don't think it was man, uh, Mark Hamill. But he sure sounded like Mark Hamill doing Joker. <laughs> so I don't know. The last movie I saw Mark Hamill did, and he didn't actually say anything. Yeah. <laughs> A moment of silence now for Mark Hamill's moment of silence. <laughs> I, still got, I, I still got goosebumps the first oh. time I saw it and the second time I saw it. And I didn't say the he third had time to I say saw anything. No, no, I said he didn't say anything. I wanted him to, though. I was so when when. At, there was one point where the scene is happening and before they cut to the, the credits, I'm just, he's not going to say anything. I wanted to say something. <laughs> and then the credits come and I'm like, no, I wanted him to say something. <laughs> yeah. anyway, By the way, we're talking about Star Wars now. That, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this movie I enjoyed and I would recommend, I would say that it's, it's kid friendly mostly. Um, there's I mean, there's goofy zombie humor and but, and there's dreams and there are children in danger. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, you know, I'm not going to let my five year old or my six year old. Like, he's almost six now. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not going to let him watch it. Um, I would have possibly considered it if he would have been maybe nine. Or, yeah, or I'm thinking nine or ten somewhere in there. I mean, depending on how how familiar they are with with comics and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not the best Doctor Strange thing I've seen this week. It's not. <laughs> the best Doctor Strange thing I've seen this week is Doctor Mordred. So on Amazon. <laughs> Wayun. Or Shran, yeah. Or Shran. Um, Jeffrey Combs. Dude, so I find this ni- 1978 Doctor Strange movie. It's on Amazon. I pre-order it. It's going to be at my doorstep on November 1st when I get home from work. But then they give related products and i look and i see this related product called dr mordred and i'm like what the heck is this and i'm thinking it's like an asylum movie like a current mm-hmm. movie that is kind of uh, you know a mock a mockbuster for dr strange no mm-hmm. this is from 1992 and there's a trailer for it and we will have links in the show notes to um well to rent the man thing movie if you want but also to <laughs> to see this trailer for dr mordred Ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, this is astounding. (laughs) 
And I, I, I sent a link and said, guys, watch the trailer. Just watch the trailer to this movie. And I think that's all you really need. I don't think you need to get the whole movie. No, no. Watch the trailer for Dr. Mordred. It's on Amazon.com. And I said, I don't know how they made this movie without being sued by Marvel. And then, uh, well, the communications officer, Agent, uh-huh. Agent Lestew, he said, he sent the, the, some quote from IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they, uh, they bought the script back and, and we're going to actually see some of that come November 4th, which is kind of bizarre that the, you know, the script is 22 years old now, but they, yeah, they, so 1992, they had the rights to Dr. Strange and it is this, this company. And this is around the time, remember for, um, Salinger's Captain America, for uh, Dolph Lundgren as Punisher. And so you have Jeffrey Combs as Doctor Strange versus the one alien guy, the alien assassin from X-Files. And that's and right. You watch. That's right. Oh, yeah. You, you see the bad guy. and You're just like, oh, my goodness. I know that. Oh, that's who that guy is. But <laughs> the costumes, the imagery, everything oh, is Doctor the- Strange. It is Doctor 19- Strange. The 1992 computer graphics. Just make well, me... And they were using stop motion too. Stop, <laughs> yeah. There's a stop motion T-Rex skeleton fighting a stop yeah. motion Triceratops skeleton. And there's... <laughs> so watch the trailer, and, guys. Watch the and trailer. And really, if that doesn't happen on November 4th, I'm going to be sad. <laughs> I want a stop motion T-Rex fighting a stop motion tyrant, uh, Triceratops. Well, you can watch the trailer. <laughs> I, I, I can't recommend buying the DVD because I don't know how good the movie actually is, but that trailer is worth watching. So oh, yeah. links are in the show notes. <laughs> Welcome to seven dot com slash lockout. So I think that's enough, man. I think Peace out later. Bye. Yeah, this was good. Thanks for. Uh, hey, thanks for watching where monsters dwell. I'm glad you liked yeah. it. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. To be that, fair, I did not. It was fun. I did not tell anyone they had to watch this. I just said, I'm going to watch this. This is going to be post credit. And then. You said that you would watch it. I'm like, well, can you be on the post credit with me? So it's right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm up for a good movie. All right. (laughs) Later, man. Later. Bye.